Alexis is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never right. been anybody that's right. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 175 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett and Cam Major. Cam, we've got you back two weeks in a row. What have we done to deserve this? I know, I know. It's uh, it's, it's, it's odd, but it feels good. You know, the UK goes into lockdown. I have to find some things to keep myself entertained. And what better way than to join you uh, on this Monday evening? So we've got... UFC 249 that we had this weekend. I've had to uh, break the news to Alex and Jack again that uh, seeing as this is the only sport on, they are going to have to uh, take to the bench while we handle the big boy business and they can come back when needs be, when we've got something to talk about, which maybe we'll have Bundesliga this week, so we might have something to get into there. I was looking at the news of the week and... It was largely just very depressing for this week, so I decided not to get it. Like there were some that like you would think were going to be funny, and then it would just take like a dark turn. So I thought we don't really need to be dealing with that. So what I thought is because we had the UFC back this weekend, here being in England, we do have to deal with these late nights for these cards and. I suppose for this one, it was easier to stay up for purely for the fact that we'd been fiending for it for a while. But I thought if I get each of your uh, standard routine and we'll try to put together the perfect game plan for staying up for one of these fight nights. So nap, do you go for the nap first or go straight through? Straight through. TK, you do sometimes draw for the nap. In, in an ideal world, I would normally, but this time I didn't. I didn't feel the need to at all. I found myself there about half twelve watching the uh, fight pass prelims. The next thing on the news, uh, and Garner was knocking Feeney out. <laughs> so, cold, so. I usually, I think, I think I was playing FIFA at like three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And my eyes were hurting a bit, and I thought this could be a long night. But usually, if I have the nap, then I feel worse. You got to get the timing right. That's the thing. Yeah, like, and I can because I feel worse if I have a little one and one that's too long. I do that little like half wake up, and then it's just game over. The second you close your eyes back again, and the fact that my TV is literally like 
right in front of my bed. It's not like I'm getting out of bed to then put the TV <laughs> on. So forty five minutes is prime. You get forty five minutes in, you're sorted. Anything more, anything less, you're you're playing with fire. <laughs> and if I was to guess, I mean I draw for the energy drinks. I've got calm down as a coffee man. Uh yes, but I do not that not that late at night. Um coffee in the day. Not even but if, if trying I'm to stay up. up. Well, that's where I go for, this is what you went for, um, one large Red Bull, one small Red Bull. Small Red Bull to be consumed at around, I think I had it around 10. Large Red Bull at one. Um, and as long as the ticker can take it, we're all good. <laughs> I'll tell you, the worst thing that can happen is if, you, if you've gone for the two big Red Bull, right around when the nerves are setting in for that main event, those Red Bulls can cause carnage. <laughs> I nearly missed, I've said before, I nearly missed McGregor Aldo due to a uh, Red Bull overload. He tried making a break for it and I could have missed that historic moment. <laughs> but now you've got that image out of the way, we'll get into the card. So, 249. We started with Ryan Spann defeating Sam Alvey, which was actually more entertaining than we thought it would be. I think I put the spitballing pod curse on it because, in a good way, because I said, what are they doing to us, starting us off after we've been waiting this long with a Sam Alvey fight? I mean, it actually turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, felt, 100%. I felt like Ryan Spann kind of made it so, by giving Alvey sort of chance that he probably didn't need to, didn't Yeah. He? There is that thing where you see them lock up the submission and the more times like you watch it, you kind of do realise the implications of going for broke on a submission that you then don't get because you see them shaking their arms out with about two minutes left of the first round and think Christ we're going to be in for a long one here <laughs> that thing of watching Alvey's like face just slowly yeah. change as wow is incredible just the perfect like, camera yeah. angle he, he also he, watched that fight he he went in there with a game plan because I think it was kind of a looping right hand that he kept on trying to hit Rogan kept calling it sneaky didn't he yeah <laughs> It, I don't know sneaky. how he calls it sneaky because he's not won since June 2018 Sam Alvey. I don't want to be too harsh because he is a friend <laughs> of the pod. But he beat Jan Valante then and he, his that was with his like patented zero offence until there's 10 seconds left in the round. <laughs> and then he can crack obviously so he just swings and hopes to catch a big one like that. And then if things have gone to plan then he gets away with it and can nick around by dropping someone or at least just stinging it. I kind of disagree, though, because he, it wasn't like he just... He was looking for that shot numerous he, times. He was more so, active this time. I mean, usually that's kind of what gets him by, is just he's at, he does about 10 seconds work. But I guess he was forced to work. It's kind of like... Um, we said before, when you play some of these like lower half teams in the Premier League, the worst things you can do is like give them a sniff of a chance. Like in Watford, the second like your centre back cowers under Dini, is yeah, like the worst yeah. thing that can happen. And Alvi, I think you can coast past him, but if you kind of give him the impetus to go out there and think that he does have a chance to take it, then that's the worst thing that can happen because he's been knocked out three times in 19 UFC fights, which is fairly good when you look at some of the guys he's been in against. At yeah. a minimum, he, he's gut-checked the majority of the prospects he's been in there with. He's beaten a few. And then, part of the reason I think they keep him in there is just so they can wheel out that trivia that his uh, wife 
was a winner of America's Next Top Model because they say <laughs> it every single time he fights and then they say that she's in his corner and all that. She wasn't there this weekend, though. They, no. they made sure to say that. I was going to say, they made a big thing of that, didn't they? Yeah. She Well, she does usually more talking than Dan Henderson in the corner. Because <laughs> I remember, I know me and, me and Rory have... Um, both spoke to him. He he's like the dream as like an early interview because he is as nice a guy as he does seem. But I know the t- the time I spoke to him, he said that he was going on a um, Dan Henderson um, revenge tour, and he said he was going to go through and he was going to take out everyone that had ever beaten Dan Henderson. Fucking hell! <laughs> and then I think he won. He he faced someone. I'm trying to think who it was. He was at least booked against someone that had been in there with uh, Dan Henderson. I'm just trying to go on his record and see if I can pick it out. Oh, it was um, Rashad Evans. So he, he beat Rashad Evans on a split. Wow. And then it was just downhill from there onwards, really. He got in there with uh, Nogueira and got smoked. So I said that last week because he cost me big time. <laughs> you having a little rustle around this camp? It's all got a bit too much for you. What's he doing? <laughs> what? We can hear you rustling around. Yeah. Uh, can some, you? Like you had some maracas. Can you? It's not me. We can't it's hear anymore. It's not me, and it's not TK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said calm, and it was mysteriously <laughs> stopped. I don't know. I was he, moving my hair around, but is it like just, that? Can you he's hear just, that? Yeah. Yeah, it uh, was. He's just Googled go. uh, Sam Alvey's missus. <laughs> <laughs> Be back in five. Be back in five. <laughs> Well, Sam Elvey did what he was put in there to do. He wasn't put in there to beat Ryan Spann from a matchmaker's point of view, was he? He was put in there to test him and hope for the best. I don't think Ryan, Ryan Spann looked great, though. No, he, he didn't, did he? He said he was disappointed that he didn't get have a bigger name. But so he looked he very flat-footed. Like... Striking wasn't great. He looked gas powerful, tank wasn't great. but yeah, gas tank wasn't great. Yeah. Um, get him in there with Johnny impressed. Walker next. Jesus. Johnny Walker's on a two-fight losing streak. Ryan Spann is going to stand there and hit and strike with him. And yeah. after the first round, neither of them are going to have much left. But that's two <laughs> young pros. I would still say prospects. So I wouldn't necessarily put them against each other. But there are other fights the UFC, can... though. And that light heavyweight division is dreadful. So it's either that, or you're going to put Johnny Walker in with another with someone that he's probably just going to ping, and you're not going to know anything else. At this stage of Span's career, is, how, is Johnny Walker's stock fallen that far? I think it has because he took a beating by uh, Corey Anderson. He took a beating from Corey Anderson and uh, Diego Sanchez. He fought? No, um, it was. Um, Pereira. No, it was um, Nikita Krilov, sorry. It was mm. Krilov's just wrestled the life out of him and he just looked like he had absolutely no clue what on earth was going on. So, yeah. I think he hurts. That shoulder injury, I think it's more, it's, it's impacting more than what people first thought. It's hard to feel sorry when it is entirely self inflicted, though. It might be oh, yeah. that ruins his career. Fucking hell. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, these things happen. <laughs> when you're f- falling flat in celebration. 
Yeah, yeah, but someone could easily jump up on top of the cage and fall and hurt themselves, you know. I can't hold it against him too much, but uh, I would like to see him back. If you're not keen on that, then let's get Sam Elvey in there with Johnny Walker. (laughs) Let's see if Johnny Walker could get past him, as in knock him out, you know. Lose or lose Um, town. Lose or lose (laughs) (laughs) After that one, then, we had... um... Bryce Mitchell, Charles Rosa. So, as far as grappling displays go, that's one of the most dominant I've seen in a very long time. Entertaining as well. It wasn't like boring, just holding, laying and praying. I thought that was my performance of the night, to be honest with you. And that can be quite controversial when you're talking about Ngani winning in 10 seconds, Gaethje ending a 13-fight losing streak. But in terms of like utter... Dominance, individual performance. Then, yeah, absolutely. I would say like that is that was outstanding. Um, especially when you consider that he's grappling someone that is a black belt, and you just see there was a completely different level um, between the two of them. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was outstanding performance. Well, Charles Rosa said beforehand that he was going to take his arm and walk away with it. Oh, Obviously, wow. by the third round, he was begging him yeah. to. Mitchell had up. taken his junk and taken his manhood away from him, basically. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was great, great performance. Uh, well, it was in the third round, wasn't it, where he let him up for like a second and then just took him straight back down, almost like he was proving a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in terms of getting the takedowns, that was Khabib esque. Obviously, they're totally different styles when they're on the ground, but like, that was a real dominant performance. Um, I would just transition from one thing into the other. It was just mad. So easily as well. Yeah. He said about, um, I think it was John Annick said about facing Chrome Gracie next, which doesn't make much sense to me because Bryce Mitchell's on a three fight winning streak now in the, in the UFC. So to go in there with someone who is one on one doesn't make much sense. It's a name. Uh, It's another name. Yeah. I would say, I mean, if you go in for a name, then. Coming off a loss is Andre Feely, but that's a more entertaining fight, and it is a name. It's against someone with the alpha male and all of that. If you want straight grappling, there isn't a queue of people trying to face Ryan Hall. Agree. And if you kind of want to see where he is, then Cub Swanson is is an alternative that you could try it with. The only thing is that I'm not sure when Cub's back, because he had his, I think it was his MCL or whichever one it is um, torn by Jake Shields when he got knee barred in a grappling tournament Jesus so we, I think he's back later this year yeah I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real tough one in terms of terms of like thinking of who he should fight next because when you see a performance that impressive it's easy to start thinking you know how far can we jump the line as such but at the same time, you don't want to rush it. Yeah, um, Cub was as far up as I kind of picked in that. There, I thought the others were around the level that he's at at the moment. If he, if he can travel, then Duho Choi would be a good one because he's lost his last two, but he's still a name, and it's a complete different style. Yeah, and they're different. both just dogs. Mm. That division's stacking up, isn't it? Well, especially when you look at the top of the division, they confirmed on uh, Saturday that they're going to do the Holloway Volkanovski rematch. Decent. 
decent, decent. Um, so that ties at the top of the division. So then you've got some other names, but we'll get onto them later, I think, because we might have some some of the others to get matched up. Yeah. Um. After after that fight, then we had. Um, Oh, actually, sorry, the last thing I thought on this one was it made me think when we were watching the grappling like that, and it is something that it would start doing that rustling around. That wasn't me. me that time. I could hear it. I haven't moved. <laughs> I'd like to point fingers, but I can't see either of you, so <laughs> hopefully we can take this out. If, if people don't know what we're talking about, then I've done a good job with the editing. <laughs> I was going to say, with the grappling... There's something about it that's just so fascinating to watch because whether we could or not, we can all picture ourselves landing an uppercut like Tony did on Justin. <laughs> but we're realistic to know, realistic enough to know, like I'm realistic to know, I'm not going to bend like Bryce Mitchell bends. <laughs> like I couldn't do that. I could attempt to throw an uppercut like they did, and I've got far more capability of doing that. But that grappling, you can have years and years of, of training and you're still not going to be able to do it like that. So yeah. It just kind of yeah. adds something to it, I think. I, I, I always think, yeah, to be entertaining, keep you captivated as well, it shows you just how high level it is because the amount of fights you can see where you've got a guy who's just going pinned to the ground but isn't really doing anything with him and that is normally when the audience start booing, etc., Whereas with this, it was, like you said, you kind of couldn't take your eyes off it because you were kind of thinking, what's he going to do next? What sort of locks are you going to get him in next? Yeah, so a suggestion I would say for if people did like that type of fight was a couple of years back, you had um, Louis Smolker in there with Tim Elliott. And that mm. was one where it was just transition after transition after transition on the ground and at a very high level. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say as well is like, that's part of the intrigue is to could be versus Tony was that people weren't expecting a stand-up fight. It was going to be a case of Khabib's probably going to take him down and then we're going to see what Tony can do off his back. Can he submit him, etc. There was with the intrigue in there. So I think there is that fascination with the grappling aspect, mm, almost yeah. even more so than striking in some ways, because you're well, there like what, what could happen is like I'm not going to say anyone can get submission, but submissions can be had from the ground, and you can often see people are close to a guillotine or an armbar, etc. And that's where top level guys can also get caught out, you know. Like Justin Poirier against Khabib when he almost yeah. sunk in that guillotine. That's what made that fight really interesting and uh, quite exciting. Yeah, we'll definitely get on to talking about Khabib and Tony just after that one. We had um, the spitballing pod derby, Vicente Luque against Nico Price. They've Dogs. got to feel very hard done by because yeah. they didn't yeah. get any bonuses for that fight. <laughs> Poor Nico Price going over the eye and no, no bonus. Yeah, sometimes Danny gives more as well. Like sometimes he's like, look, it was too good to not have more bonuses here. But clearly he was like, look, there's no fans in here. I'm not making any more money. Times are tough. <laughs> he's paying him an exposure like an influencer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is tough. They, having said that, they only went they went three rounds, whereas Justin and Tony went five. So I can yeah, see. Gaethje got two bonuses. <laughs> so Gaethje, <had laughs> two of, Gaethje took two of their bonuses. Yeah, what, that that was mental. Considering it's a rematch, usually 
the the person that wins the first fight wins easier in the rematch if you forget Whitaker Romero ever happened. <laughs> That's usually the case, and this time it was like being rocked had to go through everything. Yeah, there are certainly examples. But <laughs> for the most part, that's how rematches do go. Because do you if we say, Gar, if we say Garbrandt, uh, yeah, so yeah, there's one for you to counteract. But you know what I mean. So, but I don't think you can say I expected anything that came my way in there. But once you've beaten someone like that the first time around, you probably don't expect to go through hell the second time like that. It's yeah. the same, isn't it? Is it? Nico Price, is, what an animal he is. <laughs> he he wanted animal. to fight um, Robbie Lawler this time around, which Jesus. Now I'm, I'm, I don't know how much fire we've got left in Robbie Lawler, but <laughs> he he's, he's the perfect example of there is a way to lose. And we've seen this with Gaethje in the main event. Like there is a there is a way to lose. It's not yeah. it's not just winning losing. If if you go out like that, you lose no stop going into the next fight. Yeah, no, I I I agree. But then you're also not progressing, are you? I mean, he didn't show. It was it was a real stand up brawl. It, it didn't show any progression. Well, he let's show progression from the last time he fought Vicente Luque, at least. Yeah. You look in the time since then was um, he's knocked out James Vick with an up kick. He knocked out um, Randy Brown with up fists from the bottom, and Dan has been knocked out by Jeff Neal. So yeah, but with that style of fighting, I don't think I think you're always limited as to how far you can go. Yeah, you kind of need guys like that though in the UFC, it like we said about Sam Elvey. For sure. Like, but, but Sam I also Elvey think he knows... can do more than what he's doing. You know, you can never see Sam Elvey. No. no. Like, in, in that, that top five contention. Um, and you can, you can say that by looking at him. Um, but <laughs> I feel so, so sorry, Sam. Sorry, Sam. You're a friend of the pod. Friend of the friend of the pod that we've done like that to him. Nico Price <laughs> has gained more in that loss than if he'd boxed behind a jab and taken Luke to a decision on this card. Stunk the gaff out. Well, um, I don't think a win like that gets him anywhere. Whereas given himself a bit more of a name, but I mean, like, it's, in terms got, of where do you go, you've now lost to someone. Now you've lost to someone twice. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be on suspension for. <laughs> so... You know, he's not going to be back in there anytime soon. He so by the time he's back, by like, the time he's back in there, will the fans have somewhat have kind of forgotten about it? I don't know, because by the time the main card had started, he tweeted a picture of his face saying, put me back in, coach. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think people, you're going to remember his name. It's the same reason, like, nobody cares that Mike Perry's lost his, like, last four, just because... But what I'll also Perry. say is... Um, Taking that much punishment oh, is a yeah, recipe for disaster good. moving forward. So when we're talking about career longevity, yeah, no, he's I, also I now that. he's also now put himself in a box of this reputation because of you know you've had ESPN posting pictures of it, etc. You you put yourself out there in terms of that type of fighter, and that's the type of scrap that people are going to pay to see when he fights. Now there's a level of expectation that he's going to 
probably want to reach in terms of how the fight is. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of it. I did love the fight. I know he's a bit of a one-off, but Gaethje had the same thing, did he not? He's yeah. got the responsibility, basically, to be the most violent man on every card. Yeah. Now. Well, yeah. I, I, I remember um, this. This it's, it sounds shameless, so I'll get out of the way if either you want to say anything. But I think it's just a bit of insight. He's a little when, plug, yeah. Yeah, when I spoke to Nico Price, I thought it was interesting because you see with some fighters like. Um, whether it's reading or with Cowboy, you see there's this wild stuff. I'm sure that is Cam rattling because his thing keeps pinging up. Yep. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's like he's fidgeting. My... He's fidgeting. He's fidgeting. That oh, chest hair. He's nervous. <laughs> so I'm I was going to say, be back. <laughs> I, I said to him, what does he do to relax? And um, he said he sets up ramps on his ranch and drives over them in his 4x4 with his kids. So he's just, he's not a normal bloke as it is. Like Jesus. He's, he's not sitting there reading. He's taking his kids in a four by four and driving over ramps. If of ramps. <laughs> what the hell? So he is, he is a weird guy. You can kind of see that by how he is. I mean, he was screaming when they were reading the decision, just putting his eye up to the camera. There's something about that as well. Them cuts on the eyelid makes like even the toughest of people squirm when you see it. Oh, it's disgusting, wasn't it? Oh. I don't know how that must be when it's healing. Just imagine closing your eye like closing your eye or blinking or whatever and you've got like a hard scab on your eyelid. Oh man. It's so so strange. It was do you think he reg- he'll regret going for the submission even though he did nearly get it? Because a couple of times he took Luke down when it seems like it would be make more sense to let him up and carry on pinging shots at him. Mm, I mean, I, I I would say I wouldn't say he would regret it because when the rounds, some of those rounds were, were super close, like how you're going to score the fight, and those takedowns mm. can can swing it at times. Did anyone see how it was scored after the two rounds or not? Uh, I did not. Uh, I'm no. interested in that because I saw everyone kind of had some people had either one like two nil up. So um, I was just wondering, but yeah, I don't think he he regret it because, like you said, he nearly had it, and you could see the sort the strategy behind it. it wasn't like it's was a sort of thing where you've you seen a fighter go in Navy. I have no idea why he's done this from his strategy point of view. He's breaking away from it and then he's cost himself. You said before about um, when someone goes to the submission and goes for broke and then can't leave himself exposed. I didn't feel like he was completely gone for broke at that point. It was obviously a great shot by Luke that ended up doing his face in really. Yeah. I've just got, I've just got the scorecards up and um, it was it was even on two cards and if if it gives you any indication to the judges, um, one judge had already scored the third round, and so Luke would have had a thirty twenty seven. <laughs> well, actually, he'd scored a he'd scored a ten seven final round. So I really 10-7. don't know what the hell. I really don't know what some the hell was some going of on the there. scoring on, on Saturday was, <laughs> was was questionable, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll definitely get. So as for as for what these two have next. I think you're you're tuning in to see whoever it is that they face. 
some ideas I had, I had um, for Vicente Luque, um, Brazilian cowboy. Mm. If you want another war, um, I thought uh, Ponzinibbio if he's coming back anytime soon, um, or Jeff Neal who they've got a common opponent now in um, Nico Price and Jeff Neal's just coming off starching Mike Perry in the first round. I like the Jeff Neal fight. That's yeah. Before that, but it's, now you've said it, you're trying to get Jeff Neal to fight tonight, aren't you? There's a couple of plugs you're giving for him now. He He's a guy who is constantly getting better, but is seemingly not getting any big looks. Remember, he, he, mm. he smoked Frank Camacho with that head kick. Well, yeah, we yeah, yeah. Frank Camacho, so. Dark horse of the division. Yeah. And for Nico Price, I mean, we mentioned him earlier, that Michael Pereira, if we want to have him, that wild man, another fight, and that's a winnable one for Nico Price. Um, Emil Mech, if he's going to have another one, because he loses to anyone that takes him down, so that might be a stand-up fight for him. <laughs> uh, or um, the leech, Li Jing Liang. Your boy. Coming off at where... He, he is having one I bet on him. <laughs> but that would be a fun fight either way because they can both crack. But after that one, we had um, Carlos Bars and Michelle Waterson. We don't need to stay on this one for too long. <laughs> Why? One of the don't, worst don't fights like talking I've ever about seen. female fights? It's one of the worst fights I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great, was it? A bad card to be on to be that sort of fight as well. I've never, I tweeted this out, I've never known anyone win fights doing less than Michelle Watson does. <laughs> she doesn't do much, but the judges seem to, one judge certainly did. I think it's, one of them scored it 30-27 now. It's, it's hmm. because she just makes that noise when she throws shots. She misses by about three feet, but makes that noise. And some judges just seem to be like wowed by it. <laughs> or it answers the question when we asked just how good looking she is last week. Maybe that explains it. Some of these judges are just they're like all so, so in love with her that they're giving her round. Yeah, I mean, Esparza was definitely more active, but was she, she wasn't necessarily doing what none of them did much damage, but she wasn't doing a huge amount of damage. And when they both did exchange, I would definitely say that it looked as though Espars was the first one to de-engage from that. Fords? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. She, I think she knew the longer she struck, then it gave more advantage to Waterson. I think for her, striking is a necessary evil where she's just looking for the takedown. She says she heard DC in the second round and then I mean, it's pretty bad that you, your coach isn't the one telling you to mix yeah. it up and you need to listen to the commentator. But well, yeah, even though you need the commentator to tell you that is pretty disappointing. Yeah, that you didn't have it before that, before that. Oh, maybe I should do this. Because that's how she lost to um, Claudia Delia doing the same thing. I'd be interested to see what Dane would say about that fight if it was two blokes fighting. I reckon he'd be ripping them a new one. He w- I think they wouldn't have got off lightly if there wasn't so much of a fire and if either of them had been outspoken in the fact that they lost because you can't complain about losing a fight like that with the judges when you've done nothing for the judges to score. Mm. 
like he 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 went in on Ricard Pennington, didn't he? Which one that was like their chief support, and Pennington was whinging after, and and he said like, it's your job to tell her to fight rather than to just hold you there. It's not anyone else's job. That was horrendous as well. Christ, we're gonna need to get you in a straight jacket next week, Cam. Because <laughs> <laughs> can you really? Is it that bad? It's just there. <laughs> oh mate, so sorry, so sorry. And next week, bit never assume, Byron. Never assume. That's ambitious. <laughs> we three in a row. Don't assume that. We will see. For, as far as a Gadelia rematch is one that I think would be obvious, or if Jessica Andrade, if she comes back anytime soon then that would make sense to me if they don't do the Rose rematch because it's a wrestler it prays into Andrade's hand as a good style clash and it's probably a good opportunity to make her look like a monster again if that's what you want to do it's a great opportunity for Andrade I don't know if it's a great opportunity for her well the thing is Esparza has she's lost to Tatiana Suarez they're not going to put her in with Rose because I don't think that's entertaining for anyone um, she's lost to Gadelia and she's lost to Joanna. Not got anywhere to go. So that was my thinking. Was <laughs> there isn't much else for you to do? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see her in Matisha Torres like that. Is you don't need to see that. <laughs> and then I know this wasn't like visually a, a, a great fight, but in terms of skill levels, these are two of the more skilled in the division and. If you look down the rankings of the women's strawweight division, it does hit a point where it very much goes off a cliff. <laughs> Nina Ansaroff would have made sense, but she's pregnant, so that's that one ruled out. But I don't want to hear of, excuses. Get her in there. <laughs> you kind of go from uh, make a weight allowance, Michelle Watson, and then it's like Felice Herrig and that kind of thing where. And what we said last week, Felice Herrig has tried doing the thing of, I'm a fighter, but I'll sell on my looks. And I don't want to be too nasty, but her looks clearly weren't enough because <laughs> that Ooh. career path didn't work for her. <laughs> so she's nasty, guy. Nasty. <laughs> Being a fighter. <laughs> well, she tried it. She started like dressing up in like a dress for face-offs and things like that. And pouting for a face-off and pushing her chest out and all sorts, but it just didn't work. Ouch. Imagine if, like, Cyborg had did that. Man, how terrifying. Would that she be? tried it with... She's tried it at Bellator. She... I can't stand Cyborg. You have mentioned. Well, she's gone... She's gone to Bellator and then started calling that Nunes again. So if you were that desperate <laughs> for the Nunes fight, you had a pretty <laughs> easy chance to take it. The yeah, Dylan Dennis approach, that is. Yeah. That's poor. For Michelle Waterson, I thought um, Rory's girl, Cynthia Calvillo. <laughs> You've got two that are kind of a mixture of the like wrestle strikers. You've got enough there to say it's just whether Calvillo can make the weight because she does have trouble. Her and Justin Buckles. <laughs> Mini Nate Diaz. And it, Michelle Watson has fought almost everyone else in the division. I was going to say, I, well, so they're all they're both on this sort of fourth go round, aren't they? 
Where do you go back to before Wei Li Zhang got the fight because they did it in China, which was literally the only reason she got it. But they were going to give Michelle Watson a title shot, and the basis was because she's a mum. That was literally the selling point (laughs) of why they were going to give her a title fight. But she said she wanted to be the first mum to be a UFC champion. Fucking hell. And so you suck God, a, sucker for marketability. Because her and Rose wouldn't have been a fun fight. Up next you had oh, almost don't want to relive it. Alexei Olenek defeating Fabrizio <laughs> Vadoon via a split decision. I'm actually oh. still angry about this. <laughs> you were using some blue language on Saturday night. I would like to now officially call out Fabrizio Badoom. <laughs> oh, wow. Look, we need some more star power. Demi and Maya, Rory took too long to agree to terms. In that time, Demi and Maya's lost. So that's not quite going to be a standalone pay-per-view. Now, I know Vadoom has just lost, but heavyweight sell fights. Get me and Vadoom in there. We're going <laughs> strictly striking, just like Rory and Demi and Maya. So he can't be in there putting me in any of his jujitsu moves. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I can hang, but it's not what the people want to see. <laughs> me and him in there, strictly striking. I want USADA testing. I'd like to make that very clear. Because <laughs> that might have something to do with uh, what happened um, on Saturday night. But Brockworth Redgra wants the corona crisis is over because I think the fans do need to be there for this um, then we've got ourselves a fight there because I was a straightener yeah Byron you, would you actually turn up to that fight like you did for hours <laughs> no Cam we had a poster made for ours and you went very quiet <laughs> you actually, couldn't make weight you stopped coming on the podcast <laughs> you couldn't make you couldn't make weight I told you you have to come up I'm the A side <laughs> I'm the A side <laughs> I'm the A side <laughs> You've, you've got you've got more of you bring more to the table now with the American market. I'll give you that. So the, 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 the pay per view portion, I'll have to give up a bit more. <laughs> I don't do anything unless it's sixty forty to me. So you can make the I'm weight. Not, I'm not sure about that. I think maybe, maybe we'll it. do it like um, maybe Pacquiao. You can have like the HBO rights, and um, I'll, have weight, the, I'll have the Sky Sports box office uh, money. <laughs> And we'll do it that way. There are a lot of people that would tune in to see you get KO'd, to be fair. So, yeah. Well, I'll deal with the doom, and then if you're lucky, yeah. for my interview after, Cam Major. Get your red cover, panties, boy, I'm coming. You're taking everything I work for, motherfucker. <laughs> but the tweet I saw in, in the week saying, um, Maybe Oscar Del Hoy has just misunderstood what a red panty night is to McGregor. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, how badly, I mean, like, the shape Wadoom was in, so bad. I know and he's in old. contrast to, to Olenek as well, who came chiselled. Yeah. How are Rogan and all them saying, oh, it's amazing, he's at 42 years of age, he's just come up. You know, with his new training plan, and he's in great shape. He's like, like, he's on, like 47, isn't he? Or are you talking about um, the dude? I thought they were both 42 on the tele wasn't it? Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought he was 47, which makes me feel a bit better. He could be 57 looking. I don't <laughs> think anyone's getting. 
getting in there at 47. Um, I wonder what's, how old's Fedor? I was about to say Fedor's still going. Yeah, he's 42, you're right, TK. Shut the dog, give it a go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't work out great for him. <laughs> um, yeah, everything was. Would you? Where does he go from here? Old, old retirement home. Put him out of there. Stud. Done. There's no, literally. Yeah, he's not. He's got a name. That's it. Leave the UFC. Go fight in well, somewhere yeah, my else. My thinking here, and where I, you I was can gonna, take juice. <laughs> I was going to get to it, but if if the Doom isn't going to take the challenge of facing me, um, a big if. Yeah. Yes, a big if. He 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 does he won't like it at the red grass, I tell you. <laughs> um, I think you put him in with Greg Hardy, who we'll get to next. Interesting. I mean, it could be hideous, but yeah, it absolutely could be. But I just think you would take Hardy down in seven. I, mean, I don't think that's a great. Down, I don't though. think it's a great. Yeah, I know, but even I mean, there's a level level of jujitsu though, because I mean, Olenek's not. A bad, not bad at, not got bad jujitsu. Off his, I mean, off his bat. Usually, if he doesn't get you in the first thirty seconds, then he is like a turtle. But <laughs> with Hardy, there is every chance Hardy just bum rushes him in the first sixty seconds. And if Olenek is hurting you like that, then what? Then Hardy is going to put you to sleep. Is he? You don't think Hardy hits harder than Olenek? I'm just saying, I don't know. How hard Hardy hits at the moment. I think it's all he's got going for him. But <laughs> well, I mean, is it because the level of opponents he's fighting isn't great? So are we really? Can you really turn around and say that? So well, he's been in there with so, Volkov for three rounds. I agree with that. And, and he Volkov's was, knocked out of the doom. Well, yeah, but that was. I think Volkov was more standoffish in that fight. And I don't know if it's easy to hey, say. I, that was I'm not saying to, Greg Hardy's going to beat you. I'm saying that. The whole point of Greg Hardy is you're trying to boost him up to the point where you can either cash him out or hope that his athleticism is enough to give him somewhat of a career in, in mixed martial arts. And you're not looking at a division going to get much more of a name than the Doom. And if the Doom looks like that, then you're going to want to get him before he retires. So it's either you can, you can put him in with Olenek or you can put him in with the Doom. If you're willing to put him in Volkov, then you're willing to put him in one of those two. True. Because what's 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 he going to lose if he gets choked out? Then he's literally lost nothing. So from a promoter's standpoint, I think it it's like a dream. Because it's that. Or yeah, I see. I, can, I see the points you're making. Um, I think because the fight him... people are calling for him to get in there with Derek Lewis. Which on Saturday night, I for some re- I had it in my head that I think I would back him to beat Derek Lewis, but I've calmed on that stance a bit since. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just I I feel like I need to see more. The Castro was pretty disappointing. Yeah, if we do that, yeah, fight now, we mentioned it and then go back to Petrosoni, but that fight was bad as well. Yeah. And I think De Castro did he hurt? Did he hurt his foot like midway I'm, through the second. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. He's he was coming out. Sw- he was coming out swinging and then basically decided to. 
I was going to say first bite. round, I thought he looks a bit dangerous, and then it just it just kind of retracted, didn't it? But my thing is, yeah, he just if stopped. you're in the biggest fight of your career, a broken toe shouldn't stop you moving forward. You not you don't have to carry on kicking. Difference in fighters, you know, some fighters. That, are well, fighters. that's what I mean. Like that was like when Pettis pulled out with a broken hand against Tony Ferguson. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, he's got a broken hand. So we've seen people fight with far worse. If you want yeah, to be true. in there, you want to be in there. There's nothing more infuriating. And I had Greg Hardy in my bets. It wasn't as bad. But I can I only imagine from Rory, there's nothing more infuriating than seeing a fighter lose on inactivity and not being knackered. Yeah. Because <laughs> he battered his leg as well. Yeah. With not that, with not that many kicks, really. You are seeing improvements from Hardy as well. Like his movement was better on Saturday night because he could easily have been clipped by one of their massive bombs. Because exactly, he, he had good sort of like fundamentals, if you like. If you look at that first round, you thought his hand—he's got good hands. Obviously, that kick was landed. He adjusted stopped, and started landing leg kicks as well in the uh, from the second round onwards. It, it, it's just the issue is that saying anything positive about um, Greg Hardy is like when a Sun journalist tweets someone asking if they can use their video. (laughs) You are are inclined to literally say no. Very publicly. Not the scum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quote, tweet it and all that business. You don't have a choice and that's what the thing was with Hardy and that's what I was trying to say to someone on Twitter which probably isn't the best place for a logical discussion, but they were complaining that he's on the main card and Carlo Esparza and women were on the prelims. Yes, he's a, he is, he's a vile bloke. I don't like the bloke. He he looks like a nasty piece of work on top of everything <laughs> you already know about him. But you can't, it's not, it can't be one rule for him. And then you've had Ronda Rousey headlining cards. You've had Travis Brown headlining cards and both were done for domestic abuse. They had that um, Bobby Green on a card while he was awaiting trial for killing someone <laughs> by dangerous driving. So it's like, like you said, there's plenty of people with a bad rap sheet in the UFC, isn't it? John Jones, is, as good as he is, probably doesn't get back in there if it's on the rap sheet. <laughs> just because you're famous kind of people, in the shit house doesn't mean you're worse than someone who isn't famous in the shit house. You just and these kind of people, surely you want them in there for the chance. They're going to get chinned. Yeah, and to fight that way rather than be working in a women's refuge or whatever he's going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, keep keep uh, building them up, and then eventually someone's going to ice him, aren't they? That's, yeah, we know people are going to pay to see it. Yeah, we know how it's going to end. It's going to end with him getting smashed by someone. It's just a case of who, and that's kind of why it's a double-edged sword with him. A little bit like um, you two were just discussing about where he goes. I agree with Cam that I want to see more, but then you're also in a tricky spot where if you get the wrong opponent he will obviously lose won't he you can't if you are going to continue trying to build him build his name a little bit you pick the wrong one he's going to go out in probably a shit fight as well the way this division is I think you're going to build him and then he's going to have to face either Overeem or the Doom who are the two who have enough of a name and you can make the case that if he lands on these two who've been around this long, then he can get They're the job go. done. Yeah. And then the likelihood is that Overeem 
is going to savage him. For but, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it depends how far you how, how far you think you can take him and how much of a cash cow he can be for you. Because you can easily put him in on a fight night card, you know. He, he's he's rating Spike. He's rating Spike because people just know him as a name. Who else that far down a UFC card that people know or tune in for? Pretty much no one. If you search his name on Twitter when the fights are on, it's a collection of people saying what, what a cretin he is. Tune in now, hoping he gets knocked out. What it's pretty impressive. Fight on. It's pretty impressive to have pretty much no one like. I don't think I've seen anyone really say anything positive about him. No, like people can't even get a USA chant going, which is. <laughs> I feel like anyone in the world can say it, and it's like Rumspringer in Sex Drive. Someone <laughs> is going to say it afterwards. <laughs> you and that film. We did a podcast on it last week. It's on his mind. We'll have a little advert in, in the show later. <laughs> oh, God. Constant plugs. <laughs> this Spitballing Pod Network is sponsored by Sex Drive. <laughs> that would be great. If we... Elsewhere on the card, then... Oh, for... Um, Olenek, sorry. I thought, because he said he's not sure how many fights he has left. He's an easy guy to root for, to be fair. He, he does seem just like a great bloke. Um, that's Cyril Garnet, who is uh, the young French heavyweight he trains with in Garnet. Mm. Olenek is someone who is there for the taking, so it probably you need to be careful who you put, who you put him in. Rosenstrike? Mm. It, it yeah. depends um, how quickly he comes back, I suppose. Christ. Yeah. Brain damage from that one, I tell you. Just been hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, I think, two more and then we'll, we'll get to that. Actually, so for Jorgen de Castro, um, get him in there with two of us, get him in there with two of us the next, the Battle of the Bums. Because <laughs> two of us are his, are out swine. <laughs> He's another one. Seems like a lovely bloke. But you want don't, ever, don't ever put him in your acker. He's great for UFC embedded. After yeah. that, it's... yeah, the clip of him dancing with um, that woman on the street in Vegas, I think it was. <laughs> and he's dancing while she's rapping. I love that. So we we went we glossed over Pettis Cerrone. Did anyone agree with the decision? Because I did, but I feel I like I'm in the minority. I think I had it to one Cerrone. I, think, yeah, I definitely had Cerrone winning the fight. I think it was 2-1 I had it on. I, I think I went 2-1 Pettis, but I think I did have a bet on Pettis, so that is probably if you're <laughs> in my judgment. <laughs> I can see it was close. Pettis gets it on a split on this card. <laughs> Um, two two judges that do have a loaded argument. I didn't think Eva looked great, though. No. Did we learn anything about Eva here? No. no. Definitely not. Just not they teased opinion. us into thinking they have a chin, and it's just not going to happen next time they fight. Well, like you said, I was throwing to some of the shots when, when some of the ones we've seen buzzing before. Well, Pettis took that head kick. From yeah, Sorin. yeah. Pettis, I mean, for, for all of his poor performances, though, his chin has been there. If you look at some of the beatings he's taken, he's still been just as durable the next time out. He took a pace off Wonderboy and then landed the Superman punch. 
Yeah, to be fair, him and Ferguson was a good back and forth until he spewed it. It's normally uh, the heart yeah. rather than the chin, isn't it? That extra bit of pudge is doing them both the world of good. <laughs> I thought Pettis looked a bit more free-flowing this time. I think it probably helped that he knew what he was expecting. And I don't think he had any fear in there with Cerrone. Um, yeah, I mean, they fought before, haven't they? Yeah, um, and he slumped him in the first yeah. round. Um, so, yeah, I can get that. But I just I just thought, you know, I thought Cowboy was... Obviously, no one wants to get knocked out, but super cautious of not being embarrassed. He's irritating, Cowboy is. But I did think he did enough to win. And Pettis, I did think, was... Uh, I think he was joining the Thick Boy Bike Club after that. The boy looked thick. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I thought Pettis showed more will to win than Cerrone did. Um, if one of the little they were going to get it. I just thought that... Yeah, I just, it wasn't a great... It wasn't the fight that... It wasn't a bad fight. No, it was a decent I think it, fight. You know, I think people expected... Maybe expected more higher expectations for it. But, um, yeah, I mean... I think neither of them wanted to lose rather than someone was going out there to grasp that win. For each of their next matchup, if you assume they're going to stay at welterweight, for me, Pettis-RDA rematch. RDA's just lost two on the spin. This could be the time to see if Pettis can get past them demons or RDA gets his name back uh, in the lights because Pettis is still a name regardless. Mm. And for Cerrone, if he's going to stay at welterweight, why not give a shot to Vicente Luque? True. Um, Cerrone will feel that he can win it, and Luque will feel that he's going to land. Yeah, he can nail it. I'd like to see Cerrone retire. I was going to say, why won't he just retire? Just go away. He's not going to retire. I feel like I I can Pettis. You know, he's picked up um, wins against... Was Wonderboy before Ferguson or after? Before. Before, wasn't it? Okay, so his last few fights, he's had a bloodbath with... So last three fights, he's beaten Wonderboy by KO, bloodbath with Tony, and then beaten Cerrone. It's not... I mean, I know he didn't win the Tony one, but it's not a bad little... In good company. Free fights and yeah, big names on the fight. So I can see the RDA fight. I think he could, it's a fight he could win, but I still don't, I don't think he's ever going to get another title shot. You know? No. no how many honestly. fights he wins, I don't ever see that happening. No. He lost to Fahea uh, before the Cerrone fight. Okay. Yes, yes, he and did. He, yeah, and, yeah. and he lost. And he lost to Nate. True. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I I think both of them. The RDA fight makes sense. You know, it's one of the two big um, names. Ferguson was before Wonder Boy, so we've had a we've had a right <laughs> shocker. <laughs> well, he's, he's been, been active, hasn't he? He beat Kies. He beat Kiesa. Lost to Ferguson, beat Wonderboy, lost to Diaz, lost to Bahia, beat Cerrone. Boy, he's been active. You'd think he'd be less thick. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know. I, yeah, the RDA fight makes sense. Um, Cerrone, like to see him retire. 
Well, why don't you give? I mean, I know Leon Edwards wants a big name, but one of those names isn't a bad name to have on the resume, is it? We've beaten Serone already. And that, well, I mean Pettis. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. It's one I think he'd win fairly comfortably at this stage, but it's, it's what he has. It's whether how uh, long he's prepared to wait around for. Yeah, I mean, the worst activity is inactivity. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that before. No. I just no, rolled off the cuff. That's like the opposite of what everyone's telling Cerrone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, up to a point, up to a point. If you're a contender, I think that's the case. We we have um, after that. Then we had Kelvin Cater against Jeremy Stevens, which I literally just watched again. If 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 I go straight into the matchmaking before we go to the fight, give me Cater against Yair. Yeah, that's a barn burner. Give me Yair against the beat. Yep. I mean, we'd like to see it, but it's a beat duck in smoke. So left, right, and centre. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Sean in Yair's camp. Um, you know, I think he'd help him make some great adjustments. Troy, not Sean. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> I was wondering why you weren't saying it in silence. <laughs> Troy, that's not. I was thinking Sean. If I missed the name here. <laughs> I thought you were just matching us all up, and I thought, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying the Doom and Maya are easy out. But I thought you were doing Sean dirty. <laughs> Sean's <laughs> thrown in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. No, that was an enjoyable fight, actually. Really enjoyable. Um, Kate Very enjoyable outcome. Sharp yeah. as long the more the fight went on. I think. He struggles at the start of the fights, doesn't he? He looks. We well, need to sort checking leg, leg kicks. kicks out. Yeah, but you can see how crisp his boxing was from towards the end of round one onwards. Boxing we saw was that really crisp from the Shane Burgos fight though, because Burgos was praised for his hands, and then Kater came in and showed him levels. Turned it on, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 one of them things though. It's like you can. I, I get that he needs to have, he's kind of evolving as the fight goes on in terms of he's feeling more comfortable etc but the higher up you get the you're going to find trouble if you can't start the fight well you know yeah I think if the opponent doesn't leg kick then he does fight he does start fast enough I mean he dealt with I, uh, I Ricardo Lamas pretty early I, I think the issue with that the is issue that everyone is, now knows yeah yeah <laughs> I know, but I'm saying I don't think it's a case of him starting slow necessarily. I think it's just the fact that he just, for some reason, isn't learning how to deal with leg kicks. So it, it's hard to get any kind of rhythm when someone's peppering your legs. And yeah. then it's kind of at the point where he accepts that he's just going to have to walk through it is when he starts putting things together. It works mm. for Nate Diaz. Yeah. Kind of. And Tony, for the most part, <laughs> starting late. <legs. laughs> I mentioned Burgos, so I wouldn't mind seeing Jeremy Stevens in there with Shane Burgos. Mm. He's just signed a new contract as well. And he's won all of his fights since losing to Cater. It's good on slow motion when you see the cut open like it did for Jeremy Stevens 
that was class, wasn't it? He was more gracious in defeat than I thought he'd be as well. Yeah. He has the look of someone that's like a dick. Also super tanned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Make Kate oh, look very pasty. Yeah. Super tanned. Um, but the other thing with Stevens is he missed weight. So where does he... Is, does he... Is he going to... You can imagine I he's going to he, stick in that division. I, I, and it's hard to, hard to hold it against him under the circumstances, but... Yeah, I, I reckon there was an issue in camp that maybe... Because originally this fight was delayed because Cater was injured. I think something else has happened. He perhaps would have pulled out and then Cruz is his boy and so he's not wanted to leave Cruz high and dry at the same time. So he's stuck in there to be on the same card as him would be my thinking. Mm. And kind of just bow through it. Mm. I did think he looked right in the first round as well. I thought he looked quite sharp. Yeah. And then Start the fight for sure. And then obviously as Kater came on, he was in trouble. But it's not like it's, it's one of those where you think, why is he still carrying on? No, he didn't crumble before he was stopped. It was just huge. He saw the kind of point in which the tide started to turn. Yeah. Camp, you are. <laughs> what are they doing here? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the hoodie I've got on. I don't know. It's like yeah, headphones, maybe touching against that. I'm not sure. After that, I'm not point, sure it's yeah, me. It's absolutely you. <laughs> there is not a doubt in my mind. It's you. After that, we had Engarnu and Rosenstrike, which I certainly I saw others start to convince themselves before the fight that this could be horrendous. <laughs> and then twenty seconds later. I mean, during the fight pass previews when they're uh, previewing it, DC talked about the um, the Derek Lewis fight with Ngani, and I thought, don't fucking say that. Yeah, because Ngani does kind of look in the mirror usually and, until the other person commits, and I thought, it takes a brave man to commit. Probably it was just there, like, Ngarni. you know what? I mean, especially when you looked at <laughs> Ngani, who's a, a monster. Rosenstrike doesn't, in terms of size, look like he even compares to Ngarnia. And you know, I think he just thought, you know what? Fuck this. Well, Rosenstrike <laughs> pinged that leg kick in early, didn't he? Yeah, so it looked like he was setting up for like a it's kickboxing like, match. I remember back when Arsenal were in the Champions League, so we're going oh, God. <laughs> but I remember going 1-0 up at the new Camp, Bentner scored. And the first thing my uncle said to me was, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> we've scored too soon here <laughs> and it was almost like that Rosenstrike he just he just awoke the demon the second he pinged in that leg kick it was like business he's kicking in now and then Rose, and then Ngarni was just marching forward no matter what happened it's fucking yeah. terrifying but it, it is scary he's, he's obviously the scariest fighter there is um, on the roster but it's interesting. I don't I, like in terms of matchmaking where he goes next. You'd have to think he shouldn't fight anyone until he's fighting for the title. Well, this is what I'm going to go to. I think. I mean, <laughs> if you call me a, you're probably thinking fuck this. But I think call me a and Garni for the interim titles, the fight to make. Call me a said. I don't know. Today, call me a is ever going to go for that. He said today that 
strip Stipe and are fighting for the belt. <sighs> Fucking hell. You can't, you cannot strip. It does like, seem harsh that someone who is actually a key worker is yeah. a firefighter. I did see someone else tweet saying, I don't know if I'm being stupid here. Why does Corona mean there's three more fires? <laughs> someone was like, well, it just means they, they kind of cover all bases with <laughs> fires today just to assist. And he was like, oh, okay, I just don't see why it means he can't train. But Steve said his gym's not open, none of his training partners are there. And if he's defending his belt, he wants to be fully prepared. Especially when you're going against someone like Cormier, yeah. you know, you have to prepare for someone that's knocked you out before, you know, you're not going to want to go in on that fight. Yeah, it would be very harsh to train, him, but um, and you also wouldn't be surprised. Fight. You know, it's not like Stipe is the champion, isn't he? You know, it's not like he's trying to earn a title shot. He's already the champ. You wouldn't so, be shocked if they stripped him though, would you? I wouldn't be shocked, but then... Apparently, I was listening on the Rogan podcast as well. He's got a serious issue with his eye. And they think it's a detached retina. Oh, dear. From that DC post. That's still, that's still healing. Um, so I don't know what to take from that. But um, I would definitely, I would put DC and Garnu for the interim belt. But it might be for the real belt, you know. In terms of Rosenstraw, I thought Curtis Blades would be a good next fight. I, I think Curtis Blades deals with him easily. But if I think if he doesn't want to take a step back, then Curtis Blades or JDS is the logical step. Because you beat one of them and you are right back where you were to start with. It's, it seems like a weird... It's such a weird division, the heavyweight division. It's just like, I think all you need really is two wins, isn't it? Like... like uh, Two impressive wins. So, for yeah, example, if Overeem, if Overeem wins, Overeem's always going to be a name. So, if Overeem wins this week and then wins his next fight, you know, he's, you can plug him right back in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can jump on board with that. Good fight for Curtis Blades. Um, the issue with Curtis Blades fighting him, I think, is Blade, no, no one's ever going to look as impressive as Ingarni against him. It's no. not necessarily an issue. But then, Blades are always going to have those two Ngannou knockouts. It's hard to sell me Ngannou Blades free, you know? Yeah, I agree. Do you not think, as fun as it was, that Ngannou fight is, for the people that kind of talk out against the UFC, it was like everything that they would criticise. There were, It was wild, it was brutal. There was He carried on punching him <laughs> for about 10 seconds. You're told to punch over. until the referee stops. Um, but yeah, yeah it was uh, savage. Punching until the referee stops you is a lot easier to implement when it's not a six foot five, three hundred pound tank. Yeah, that you're having to pull away. Don't that get can get in there quick enough. So uh, I've heard that you want to call out um, Ngannou. Wait, we'll see how the we'll, we'll, we'll see how the Badoon fight goes. Um, I may. Um, retire after that on top but understand or understand if the adrenaline gets pumped in he might exactly exactly <laughs> and I would again insist on USADA testing <laughs> and home advantage it has to be at the yeah. regra wouldn't be Cam on commentary either with his rustling <laughs> <laughs> we had 
Cejudo Cruz then as the uh, super support. Ooh. Good stoppage, bad stoppage. What are your thoughts two days later? Initial thoughts were bad stoppage. Like initial thought was a really bad stoppage. Really follow bad. up, really bad stoppage. I thought yeah. the initial thoughts. This mm. is as soon as the fight had ended, and then on replay, I still think it was a bad stoppage, but I didn't think it was as bad as what I thought. I thought it was bad at first. Now I think it's a good stoppage. I can see the case for it in terms of... I can't remember. Someone said where it was basically it was unfortunate timing that as he was getting up, he kind of waved it off. If he'd actually done it slightly earlier, we probably wouldn't even be having a conversation because he was eating yeah. shots and he looked like he was going out. And then it's just as he starts picking himself back up and then the ref jumped in. and Obviously, so he does have an argument, to be fair. But then we've seen other fights where like Garbrandt got straight back up after being knocked out by Dillashaw and then was stumbling around all over the gaff for the next two minutes. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I do think the Cruz has come across really bad with some of the things he said the referee yeah. sunk a booze and stuff like that. Come and on. cigarettes. <laughs> like he he's a like that is he's a commentator as well. An analyst. Um He's going to see him again. <laughs> he's going to see him again. He's going to, to, to commentate on one of the, his fights that he's refereeing. Well, and that can't be ignored, so that's definitely going to have to be looked into. And so either it's a very big claim and Keith Peterson has played himself, although he seems he's usually very good. So, And if it's not the truth, then it's a horrendous lie. And he's going to have to get punished for that. I'm going to be honest, I don't think anyone's going to look into that because there's a case, as you've said, for it being called a good stoppage. It's kind of one that's up in the air. It's a subjective argument. If it was a really bad stoppage and the fighter said, turned around and said, I had this stunk of alcohol, we'd be like, right, yeah, look into it. I don't really think anyone's going to take that seriously, you know? Someone tweeted on Saturday night saying, like, this is this isn't um helping too much, but I've met Keith Peterson and he did smell like a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some corroborating sources. Oh wow. The conspiracy begins. Um <laughs> but, but was, Cruz was starting to come into the fight before he hit that. Um, yeah, I thought he was looking alright. I thought he was starting to look sharp, he started to connect. Obviously, Sahudo had the clash of heads as well, which wasn't going to do Sahudo any favours. Um, but Triple C, what a fighter. Beast. What a fighter. <laughs> he needs to get some respect. Also, fun stat for you. Tony Ferguson's hadn't lost during the whole of Henry Sahudo's UFC career. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. And then he retired. Yeah. <laughs> How much did you buy that? Because I don't zero percent. I don't think anybody did, did they? It was ridiculous. Even I like the it. people there were all just like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That thumbs up I, from Dana. I buy, <laughs> it, I buy it zero percent, and he's not a big enough draw to be doing fake retirements. So yeah, well. who does he think he is throwing his weight around to Dana? <laughs> what did you see in the press conference after? Dana has already said. Well, we'll have a title fight sorted next week. Yeah, he said, <laughs> yeah, 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 somebody. yeah, yeah, it's probably Sterling. Um, <laughs> or he's tried giving it the, 
Try giving it the uh, football manager ultimatum, and they just say, "Go on then, walk. <laughs> See you later." He tried doing it before his last fight, saying that he needed more cash, and the UFC didn't do it. But you can't. The thing is, at that weight, like that size, I'm sorry, but you're nobody's a big. You, it's, unless your name's Conor McGregor, I think from featherweight up, it kind of that's where you get draws slightly. Wait, you can't. You need a chicken at that weight. You can. No. no. And he's a nuisance already. Dana would sooner guy. blackball him than pay him what he wants just to prove a point. Definitely. Especially as someone like Peter Yan is at a lower weight, is an entertaining sort of fighter he could build. So and he doesn't really a, and he's bringing in the Russian market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the thing is, I do, I, I really, I think Sohudo's an incredible fighter. Um, I don't think I think he's cemented a strong legacy, but as we said, he's not a biggest big enough draw to make demands. If he wants to retire, I don't think anyone's clamouring for him not to retire, apart from Captain um, Byron. Don't, top guy. <laughs> don't um, retire and then in your retirement press conference say, "Look, Dana knows the number. If he wants me back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't even the reason for retirement, was it? He said when he was there. No, he said that he'd secured, he's been competing all this time and all this, so... Yeah. He's lost his head. Not he's surprised until the next time he I'm not shocked. But, you know, he's just one of them guys, I'm not, like, shocked that he said this. It was just painful to watch as he was doing it, wasn't it? Everybody just sort of consciously realised like, what he was doing. Even Rogan was just there, <laughs> like, well, if this is the last time, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> The, the like so the favorite thing about that was him saying oh, like, thank Dana and Dana just giving him like he's talking to a kid like the like <laughs> white person appreciation smile with a little thumbs up <laughs> like all right cheers <laughs> cheers for the cheese um so yeah. who who would you rather see Petian against Aljamain Sterling or Corey Sandhagen so, uh, Sterling. I think Sandhagen's the better fight, personally. I think Sterling and probably both deserve it, to be fair. I agree. Corey Sandhagen should have been the one to beat Cruz, but Cruz pulled out and waited for a title fight, so obviously that paid off. Yeah, you can say a word. Do you think Cruz will retire now? Because he didn't look bad. I mean, it was a hell of a knee as well. Well, He he mentioned, he said that he he was like, I could be doing the same thing here if I'd lost. So, yeah. We'll Um, say that Corey Sandhagen's run, he's beaten Euro Alcantara, John Lineker, my guy, and um, Asin Sao back to back to back. That's not bad. So that's probably stronger than Aljamain Sterling's. Yeah. So I think I don't know. Aljamain Sterling is gonna have to prob is gonna have to call in a favour from Sarah and Longo and hope they can pull in a favour from Dana. Get him hyped up on their see. podcast. We should hype on it up the, on this podcast. Yeah, he's another friend of the pod, Aljamain Sterling. <laughs> on to the main event then. Justin Gaethje. Tony Ferguson, I'd like to be saying I told you so to Rory, but um, unfortunately he's not here. Didn't um, show up. 
No, killed him with kindness before he could uh, take it badly either. So he didn't even <laughs> get the satisfaction of biting at me. Crazy fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the same craziness we were expecting because I guess Ferguson. it looked like it was going that way and then it kind yeah. of didn't turn the tide that we thought it might. Yeah, I think the one person I would not want to fight if I was in in that division and you told me I've got to fight someone on short notice, the one person I wouldn't want to fight is almost Justin Gaethje. And not for the reasons why he won, but the reason was, you know, you know he's going to come and swing. He can punch. He's probably going to land. Um, and he did People were claiming things. he couldn't punch after Saturday, by the way. There's some people that think because he didn't knock Ferguson did not see Ferguson's um, Yeah, but, but despite all those things, incredibly intelligent fight from uh, Gaethje. Stuck to the game plan, fought extremely well. Um, he lost five seconds of the fight, and that was it. Yeah, he was great. Ferguson, I did. I don't know. He he's, he looked a little bit slow. Um, Dana just, called him old and slow in his press. I Jeez. really think the weight cut. Couldn't wait twice didn't help, um, but at the same time I don't. You can't really use that as an excuse because it, no one forced him decision. to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's a shame that Khabib Ferguson's never going to happen now. <laughs> I don't think it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean it's it's a shame that it's completely off the cards because I think that's a if he'd have fought Khabib, that's a different fight to what, that's a different Tony yeah. to what we saw on Saturday. But Tony should he... be looking at his corner because they were horrendous. They were giving him no advice at all. The advice they gave him was to try an Imanari role. <laughs> that was literally it. When was the last time you saw that one? Okay. Um, probably another Tony Ferguson fight. I think Tony was after the second round when he assumed that he could break Gaethje he started shouting across the octagon um, you're done kid you're done I can see you sucking in that air like he was trying to convince himself yeah yeah because Gaethje was having the time of his life in there and I thought that was great his corner in comparison was outstanding yeah yeah because I thought after the second round at the end of the second round I thought alright it's looking like the tide's turning now we're having a standard Tony fight where he's going to now switch it on. Rogan was saying, wasn't he, that look, he's hardly even breathing. And Gaethje was breathing fairly heavy. But at the end of that one, his coach obviously said, look, you're trying to hit him with everything here. Take 10% off, didn't he? And it's yeah. yeah. spot on advice. And, it, and to be fair to him, as people highlighted, he definitely heeded the advice because the amount of times we had him hurt and you'd have thought he'd have bum-rushed him before. He was patient in this as well as being obviously the violent guy. Well, the best compliment I think that you can give Trevor Whitman as a coach, is that he he is flexible. Like we've we've spoken before. If you go to boxing and you can you can tell which fighter is an Adam Booth fighter without seeing Adam Booth in the corner. True. Whereas you look at the way Trevor Whitman has to coach different fighters, and if you look at him coach Justin Gaethje and then imagine coaching Rose Nana Yunus, two entirely different characters. Yeah you have to treat in different ways and they don't fight the same way. So he's able to adjust like that. And he, you can tell what, when you see him swear because 
it looks like it's unnatural for him the way he says it. But he knows what to say and what he needs to say to get in Justin's head when he said to him, look, the last time you were having this much fun, you got knocked out. And Gaethje said twice. So yeah, the, yeah. the kind of relationship they have and being as simple, it, it wasn't, he didn't need to be telling him dodge, duck, throw this over your shoulder. It was quite a simple instruction and it clearly made the difference. Yeah, and in all credit to Justin Gochi for, you know, implementing the same game plan. You know, he went out there, he knew when to press. Um, I think he, I think he definitely, I think he hurt Tony more early than Tony let on because I think Tony yeah. didn't look keen on getting into some of them uptight exchanges, etc. Um, and I'm pretty excited for Khabib Justin. My question, my question for that is: so this was probably the most uh, like refined Gaethje that we've seen. It was mm. like to a T. He did what he needed to do. Do you think he needs to be more wild Gaethje against Khabib, or the more disciplined Justin that we saw on Saturday night? Well, it's going to be a different fight, isn't it? Um, I give Gaethje the edge on stand up. But it, it depends because Gaethje's got a solid wrestling background. Like, probably the best wrestler Khabib will have faced inside the octagon. I hate that I've seen so many switch already. Like, you know, I reckon he does Khabib, and it's like, I know this is what you're supposed to do to yeah. hike of a fight, but it's like, I'm not saying not like he. That, that, no, not you. Like, I had like three, four messages across Saturday night, Sunday morning. Like, you know, I reckon he does him. That's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just write him off and then, then we'll have a better chance. Well, look, Cam thinks Connor lights both things and Gaethje up. I think Connor does, yeah. I think that there's... I, I definitely think he would be... I I, thought I like him in both of those those fights. He, he has He's a round against Gaethje. I was going to say, yeah, because if anybody doesn't like having a pace put on him, it's him. Uh, and if you think Nate puts a pace on, then Gaethje is going to put a pace on. I, 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 I still think Gaethje's chin was out there to be hit. No, because if it was there to be hit, Tony... I, I, I don't think Tony fought a great fight. And I don't think Tony's... as a, I think Connor's, Tony had a, Connor's a very precise striker. So was Justin for... 70% of the fight and Justin is going to fight differently against Tony than he is against Connor and I don't think he's going to get overawed by the occasion either I like Connor in that fight um, again it's a subject I argument. think Connor would be the rightful favourite for the first round but it's not quite as simple as if you hit Gaethje he goes to sleep because Ferguson couldn't have connected with a cleaner uppercut and he shook it oh, off oh yeah but if, if that round goes on another 10 seconds we could be having a different discussion yeah I don't think Justin strikes like that at the end though because they say you're not supposed to lead with an uppercut are you because you, you, you're supposed to set it up and they both led with an uppercut and it just so happened that Tony's got there first and mm. that probably knocked him some sense into him for the rest of the fight so yeah I mean look he's entitled to think that Gaethje beats Connor. I think otherwise um <laughs> I think it's probably more that 
you seem you seem quite uh you seem quite confident in it. I I, I do. Like, like the thing about um like you're absolutely spot on in terms of McGregor can do that to anyone in the division, can't he? Because like you say, he's very precise, powerful, and early on especially he can wipe out anyone. But it's I don't know, Gaethje could be an absolute nightmare for him as well. They're kind of well, that would be an interesting fight. Is they're both in a way each other's worst nightmare almost. I'd give Conor more of a chance against Ferguson than I would against Gaethje. Because I, I give Ferguson, Ferguson is easier to hit than than Gaethje, but then his chin is better than Gaethje. So Connor isn't going to go in there with with anyone uh, that has a gas tank like that and be under any illusion. It may actually work against him in that he knows he has to rush to get it over with, <laughs> like he tried in the first Nate fight. Um. Well, I, I would say he wasn't he's the, the uh, feeling coming out of that first Nate fight that was McGregor was was he sick or something? I can't remember. I'm I sure mean, I heard I think something along those lines. Well, he said no that he just didn't manage his gas tank properly and he ate his way up to 170. Yeah, but I also I also think at that point this was like his almost at superstardom level that first Nate fight and he wanted to go out and you could see the shots he was throwing were looking for the spectacular knockout. I think now, I think he would fight a similar, I'm not saying it would be work out the same, but how he fought Alvarez is how he would fight Gaethje. Mm. And he was very patient in terms of how he finished that fight. Yeah, he, he he can do that, but I think it's one of them where the path to victory for both is so obvious that you can't write either one of them off enough to call it like a a conclusion beforehand. You would you would you would tune in to with great kind of you wouldn't feel safe if you had a bet on it. No, no. I would. Interesting. <laughs> no, look, that's just my opinion on it. I can at the same time, you know, anything can happen in the UFC you know um, if we were talking three months ago and you would say Justin Gaethje is now the interim t- champ and has a shot at Khabib I'd have said, yeah. before, you wouldn't have thought that would I you? explained to you I, I talked to you through it last week I said Justin can match the pace I said the leg kicks are going to be a nightmare for him I said he got it done in the first round so I was a bit late <laughs> on that I mean you were very late on that <laughs> Hey, but did you he see won, who had a who he had won a bet by on him to win in round five? No? Yeah, I wish I could have seen all the other bets though as well. Uh, <laughs> what what didn't have Cam? What didn't Cam have covered? <laughs> Gaethje points was the only outcome, wasn't it? <laughs> that was the only. Yeah, that was that was heading for it. I was like, oh, bad no. influence. Bad influence for Rory as well. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to cover yourself. Um, <laughs> there's, there's there's covering yourself, and then it, there's. Also, making sure you actually don't win any money, but you can say you've won. <laughs> what a hater! Such a hater. Um, well, I spoke to Keenan the day after, and Rory had texted him saying that he put enough bets on that if he if he lost to me, then he could call himself a winner too, so he didn't feel like he was losing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh Great my way. god! That is um, right in, you're right in his head. Yeah, I would like to see. Uh, Warrior Ferguson next. Yeah, agreed. I think that's the fight to make. 
Poirier was also pretty certain that Gaethje gets got it done. So, um, hey, great minds. <laughs> apparently, you only I, said it because you heard that from Dustin. I disagree, though, with that matchmaking. We've got Khabib Gaethje. McGregor Nate, I think, is the fight to make. I think that's unless he fights Masvidal. Yeah, I mean, if, I was talking if we're doing like, yeah, yeah, yeah I would call it a lightweight fight. Although that probably wouldn't be a lightweight because McGregor is seems to be the only person who doesn't have to weight cut. So Tony Ferguson, you put him in there with Paul Felder next. Sheesh. No. You've got guaranteed violence there. It's a winnable fight. You don't want to kill Tony off with two fights. It's true. I feel like yeah, you don't want to do that, but who do you put with Dustin? Um, Dan Hooker. Well, they had agreed on a fight, had they not? Yeah, they had. Yeah. It was meant to. It was meant to be this Saturday. It was this Saturday's card that it was meant to be. Hmm. And then you put Charles Oliveira in there with one of uh, Greg Gillespie, Islam Makachev, or Alex Hernandez. And that's your top contenders wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Ferguson Felder is would be... So if, this is a quick question. If Nate beats McGregor, does he get the shot at Khabib or, out of, or Justin? Well, Justin is guaranteed Khabib next. That's the one no, I mean, the winner of that. I would say, yeah, the winner of McGregor, Nate, probably is going to have Khabib. Whether you've got to love that, haven't you? You've got to love it. <laughs> whether you like it or not, hardly ever fight him. <laughs> just yeah, Nate, like, Nate's, already, got... Nate's already won and zero against Khabib. Don't yep. forget, he slapped him at cage side. Well, let's, make, well, let's put Dylan Dennis in the um, equation. Please let. <laughs> um. He falls into the Greg Hardy camp. Well, I haven't seen anybody say anything good about him. His striking is like you. You remember what CM Punk's was like? Yeah. It's like that bad against Bellator opposition. I mean, I don't know if he's under the illusion that like, hanging around with Greg means he'll pick up some of McGregor's fans, <laughs> but it, it really hasn't. I did enjoy his slow mo clip he posted of him tagging Khabib on the way down. <laughs> um. Who do you like in... Give me your, your, right now, prediction. Justin Khabib. Gaethje. In? Round one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you keep saying the same thing about it, eventually it will happen. Um, or TK. I could say every outcome and one of them will happen. <laughs> I don't know if I've got recency bias going on, but Gaethje has got right in my head. In terms of, I'll tell you what it is as well. The... The unknown of we know how good his wrestling is, yet we've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it's fascinating true. to me as well. It seems of obviously it could be every fight you go into, you think right, you're getting down, and then that's it. But with him, you, you I've really no idea. Him saying he wouldn't feel like he's won a fight if he just took someone down for three rounds is so good. He's it's like, so how fast. can I feel like I've won a fight if all I've done is take him down for three rounds? I'm going to give you my prediction. Go on. Please. You might want to record this like you it recorded is. the James Rodriguez one that's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Khabib, round five, submission. And I think it's a war up until that point. I think it's two rounds apiece. A war? You think Khabib can have a war with Gates? Well, I think it's, I think it's a five-round fight. I think it's 
two rounds Gaethje, two rounds Khabib. Wow. Khabib gets it done in the fifth. That's just, this is the type of things that legends do, you know? That would be hey, dramatic. Khabib is all on that gas tank work, let me tell you. But wrestlers that dictate where the fight takes place, where the, the expenditure happens. Yeah. Did you see sure. Gaethje's mum did an interview and she said that the day she knew he was a fighter was when he, he got bitten by a puppy and then he chased it on all fours and bit it back. Yeah. <laughs> weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, <laughs> that beats Khabib and the bear, I think. <laughs> it said they're both eight animals. So um, this was a fight. <laughs> that was wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> a fight uh, of a puppy <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of it's a pretty exciting fight though um, it just is just hope there's no much. delays to it um, we'll also be quite interested to see the numbers that it draws well dude numbers just Khabib Khabib yeah but how like, like where is he you know is he at that Lesnar range Mm. it's hard to say I mean I think Dana was telling everyone to hold their horses saying about Fight Island he said um, look Connor wants to fight there but I'll tell you now it's, it's tough to give up a, a, give up a McGregor gate <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if if I if we just go through um, two more things and then uh, we'll call it a day how, how did you feel with it being behind closed doors I really liked it I thought it was great. Um, the, the, I think the fact that the fights were that good, like throughout the card, I mean, it was a really good card, and a lot of the fights lived up to the hype, if not exceeded it. Um, I think that really helped as well. And the whole production as well, you know, you had the same commentators, you had the ring girls, etc. It was almost more, more, more violent as well, because you could hear the shots. Yeah. So I thought could, with the commentary team, like it was as well, it almost they did a good job of not making it feel that different either. I know you didn't yeah. have the crowd was in the atmosphere with that, but you had, like Cam said, the, the sort of sound of people getting punched was obviously added to the effect of it. But the normal commentary team and stuff made it feel like it was kind of just another fight night, really. I yeah. kind of after a while, I didn't really think about it. And it was quite interesting. So you had almost like in the Mitchell Rosa fight where Rosa's sat asking him to stand up. Like, things like that we might not have heard mm. had there been yeah. a live crowd there, you know? Well, you um, could hear whether Ferguson or Gaethje were breaking by any time, like, they took a breath. It was amplified. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to ask as well, good stoppage? Yeah. He was doing that weird thing, wasn't he? He was shaking his head out like he was trying to keep himself conscious. He looked fucked. Yeah. That, it was, one that of them was only a pretty high cab, wasn't it, as well? Is he pissed off yeah. at how the fight's going, or was it that, you know? He was getting battered. Like, it's oh, yeah. one of those, isn't it, where you see kind of how brutal the UFC is, like MMA is, that if this is any other sort of, if there's a boxing match or whatever, the ref is stepping in at any point before then saying that, no, nah, he's having too much. But with this, it's literally, obviously, he has to keep going until he's out. It was like Lola McDonald. Yeah. Where yeah. he just couldn't take any more. Like, it was, wasn't any one shot. Yeah, he was done, wasn't he? The accumulation. Sure. I saw in the press conference after one of the journalists, there were some awful questions being asked. One of them said to Gaethje, um, how close were you to being uh, out cold in that second round? He's like, how, how would I know? 
He said he couldn't remember any of the fighters. He was like, I'm like any man. If, if my brain shakes, I'm going to go out. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I don't know. What ridiculous okay. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, then, so we've got two cards this week. Well, on this Wednesday, if I run through the cards, if you've got any uh, particular feeling about them. So, Chase Sherman's opening up the card. Pray to God he gets starched early doors to be objective. Um, <laughs> we then have uh, the people's main event, Sajara Eubanks against Sarah uh, Morass. Um, article up now on spitballingpod.com if you would like to hear a feature with uh, Sajara Eubanks. We then have uh, another friend of the pod, Ricky Simone against uh, Ray Borg. Great fight. We have another spitball in pod derby, uh, Alex Hernandez against Drew Dober. Sheesh. Then, weirdly, I'm really looking forward to Ben Rothwell against OSP because I just have no idea what the hell is going to happen. And then Anthony Smith, Glover to share in the main event, which is maybe one of the worst fights on the card. <laughs> I think, I, uh, I'm just going to comment on the main event on that one. I think Anthony Smith gets it done and possibly would like to see him fight Reyes next if John's not coming back soon. Did you see um, Jones tweet after the Ferguson fight saying uh, he beat him like he uh, like there was a home invasion after what Anthony Smith said <laughs> 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 I just want to see Ben Rothwell get a win and do that evil laugh again because him kicking Struve in the nuts on his uh, last fight, me and Rory were cracking up so much. <laughs> Nearly had it as one of my fights of the year. The crowd cheering. But we got <laughs> we got a card on Saturday as well, but it, we'll see how this Wednesday card. We could get it out of it. True. Cam, you're going to attempt to stay up, aren't you? Uh, yeah, no, not with anything else. So with the way Ronan is going to do certain so. things. Um, yeah, why not? Well, we'll call that a day there. Thanks again, Cam, for coming on. Hopefully, um, you're less fidgety the rest of the evening. We will see. TK, as always, we'll be back Thursday for the episode two of Movie Madness, Superbad against Talladega Knights. So enjoy watching those two. And uh, yeah, thanks again for another edition of Spitballing Pod. Stay safe. Keep tuned. Check your feed. We'll be back. Goodbye.